You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. It's for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. The Empowered Parent Podcast is a developmentally informed, trauma-sensitive, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me once again once are again. Ryan and Kayla North. Hey guys. Hey Chris. As always, we're here with Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's looking at us like, I have no idea why y'all are laughing at that. It doesn't seem funny. So whoever is out there, I forget her name, keeping tabs on how many times I say, as always, joining yeah. me as always. I try to mix it up every now and kind of throw her count off. So, Melissa's nodding along that she understands, and so this is a good time to introduce our guest. I was about to say, because we can see who's sitting here with us. We have a guest. We just keep saying the word Melissa. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of our favorite people, Melissa Corkum. Welcome. To the applause. Oh, we should have applause into that Applause like little, that would be pretty cool. Fanfare. (laughs) Hi, Melissa. Well, hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let me, let me tell you how, how, how this all came together, because everybody needs to know how young and flexible we all are. Yes, we are young and flexible. Uh, so, so you give an example. On, on Saturday, our oldest talked me into taking him and our youngest to go play golf. And at about 4.30, somebody called and said, hey, we got four tickets to the Toby Mac show, because we were going to go with some other friends, and they can't go. Do you want the tickets? Show starts at 7. So Kayla and I... Because we're young. I got out of my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> and said, sure, let's go. By the time I'd finished the round of golf, she had makeup on. And we got there, got to the show at like 7.15. So we just missed a few songs of one of the opening acts. So we like, and then we stayed up till like, we did like full Texas high school. After the show, we went to Whataburger. At like we did. We got like patty melts at midnight. It was crazy. No I mean, there's some crazy. Uh, it was in Grand Prairie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't live in Dallas, that's a pointless data point. Yeah, for um, sure. So Melissa is in town, and Kayla says to me yesterday, like we're laying in bed, and we don't go to bed early. Yesterday being Tuesday after the Saturday. Yes, we're recording this on Wednesday. A Tuesday night at about 11.30, Kayla says, well, I'll, I'll text Melissa in the morning to confirm that she can be on the podcast. Do you think I should text Chris? I'm like, yeah, he's up. So she texts Chris at like, 11.40 p.m. 11.44 is the hours. Yeah, yeah. I was just like... I was in bed I, asleep. I think Melissa and I may have talked about it a little before that, and I just didn't communicate, but I was one of those like, you know, hey, we can make this since happen. you're in town, you want to be on the podcast? But it might, it might have been yesterday morning. It might even. have just been yesterday morning because I was actually talking to Lisa, and I got your text, and I was like... I was going to meet Kayla for lunch, and now she wants to know if I want to be on the podcast. And Lisa goes, oh, they record late. <laughs> She's like, be careful. And, and I was like, yeah, and it'll and be gonna... later for me because I'm yes. on East Coast time. Yes. And I was like, she goes, we're launching a book. You will say yes to all podcasts. Oh, my gosh. And all invites. Was so, no. I mean, so not, maybe not in so many words, but that was basically it was the implied. message. That's that what, was that's the conversation. Was, that was basically what I got. And so I thought. I mean, you only live once, That's and right. I don't have to be anywhere tomorrow until 
1 p.m. So why not? See, here we young are. And flexible. Young and flexible. And that's I don't right. even do caffeine. So this that's is weird. Just, I, I offered her impressive. coffee when she got here. I'm and she's like, I don't do, do caffeine. And I'm like, well, I do. You don't do caffeine like at all? No. I, <gasps> it makes me crazy. Except Imagine. Surely chocolate, right? Oh, get calls a cup. I uh, get her. Uh, not calls. Get Melissa a cup of uh, a cup of coffee, <laughs> and we'll video that we'll episode. We'll video that episode. <laughs> we'll video that episode. Yeah, no. well, we're glad you're here. Yeah, yeah. I'm super. This is, might be the first like live live recording I've ever done. I mean, oh, certainly that's awesome with a, such a formal setup. Like, yeah. there's a mixing board, and we're wearing earphones, no, and there was a fun, sound huh? check. Yeah, it was oh. kind of cool. Yes, I've, have, I've been trained well by Dallas Stacy. <laughs> we used to record always, like, in person. And then COVID hit, and we started recording virtually. And we felt like it just wasn't, like, the same. Because we couldn't see each other, and so the timing would be just... Well, we could see each other, We but could see each other, because it was video. There was lag. But it was, there was lag, and so then it didn't... Like, you can't pick up on it the cues, awkward. and it just didn't seem as... Like, it didn't seem as natural. So we were like, now that we've got a space we can record in... We can do it a little earlier even because we used to only start at like 10.30 or 11. Yeah, like, we started rolling at 11. And we'd, we'd record to like 2 a.m. <laughs> and, and when Dallas lived here, Dallas had been at their house since 9 o'clock. So. Yeah, he would come set up at like 9 and then yeah, like... He used to watch cowboy games on his phone while he was waiting that's for true. A... Yeah. Okay, so, one, so. One, before we actually get, her, get to Melissa and why she's, she's on here, because we can pick up this banter in the green room later. Um <laughs> I did. I did. Just want to say this about Dallas Stacy because I said I was well trained by him. Apparently, I wasn't trained well enough because <laughs> after the last episodes we called, I spoke to him on Monday, and he said, "Hey, the next time you guys call, I'd record it. Just Facetime me, and I can walk you through how to set the board up properly." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "I thought I did okay. <laughs> so I thought I did pretty good." Anyhow, well, it had been a while, well, you, and it was well, a new board, yeah. so we'll give you that. It's it's a different. And it, remember, it, 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 it was broken. We had to kind of adapt on the fly yeah, and send it, it back and get a new things. one. So, okay. That's but it is, it is more fun to record in person than like virtual stuff. I think the virtual stuff is like, if we can do it in person, we'll do it in person. It's, but yeah, because we record late. Not everybody wants to. Well, we can't do it at our house anymore because all of the kids go to bed late now and the dogs yeah. bark at every leaf that falls from the trees. And so. That's true. We're here at the <laughs> super secret one big happy home Bat podcast Dave. studio. Corporate off, headquarters. Off, Corporate off, headquarters. Off of Spinks Road in Flower Mount, Texas. <laughs> oh, my gracious me. Okay. Okay. So we should probably get to the episode. Yeah. I mean. Now I, that we've, you know, talked. I mean, so Melissa's here because, as she mentioned briefly, she and Lisa Qualls, another one of our favorite people, have a book coming out. And it's on the subject of blocked care. And so a lot of you are probably asking yourselves right now, what is blocked care? And I will tell you, you are not alone. I asked this very question when I sat down at the table before we started recording, <laughs> because I had not heard this term either. So you are going to learn as I learned this evening. Also, you may, you may get to listen to a life therapy session. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> what is blocked care? And uh, we're actually going to be doing uh, two episodes. The second episode is going to be how to overcome blocked care. So... This is kind of the setup. We're going to kind of go through what it is and how to recognize it in ourselves. And then in the next episode, talk about strategies to overcome. So, Melissa, what is blocked care? So, blocked care is a self-protective mechanism in a parent's nervous system 
that is activated when there's too much stress. And so that could be a lot of different things. It could be something stressful in a parent's life that's kind of like acute. So a lost job, a natural disaster, COVID. Uh, it could also be behaviors, big behaviors from a child. It could be when you're trying to care for a child who is not reciprocating relationship mm. in the way that yeah. your nervous system is expecting. And that could be because of a what we call, or what Dan Hughes uh, and Jonathan Balin termed blocked trust in kids. Like mm. if they have blocked trust mm -hmm. for adults, then they're not going to reciprocate maybe some affection or respond to our efforts of caregiving. But it can also happen for kids maybe who have been diagnosed on the spectrum and so they just don't reciprocate socially the same way that your nervous yeah. system is expecting. Like we're all built for this reciprocal relationship. Mm. Um, and so for any of those reasons, our nervous system can get so overwhelmed that the parts of our nervous system that are wired to do the empathetic, emotional parts of parenting that help us have empathy and compassion, those things kind of start to shut down. And so we may still be doing like what we call like the executive things of parenting, like mm -hmm. packing lunches, driving kids to school, making right. doctor's appointments, showing up at therapy, but we may be missing that like warmth. Uh, sometimes we call it like the like has been, you know, yeah, you've lost the like. Like you still love your kid, but you're like. But you may not like your I kid. I don't really like you right now. Yeah. And I'm going to do what I have to do to parent you, but I'm counting down the hours until you go to bed at night. So let me, let me ask that quite, let me, let me ask a clarifying question. Um, when you, when you say, you know, you've lost the like or whatever, I don't like you anymore. Um, so it's not, it's not by choice. It's because of your own history that your ability to care is compromised. Would that be a fair way to say that? Correct. And, and I think history maybe. A misleading term, but it's true. We all bring history to the table, whether it's super recent history or our own attachment history. And I and Ryan, that's a great point because it is a subconscious self-protective mechanism. Yep. And I think what when we started talking about this, I think the reason why we still talk about it and why we can't really stop talking about it is because there are so many parents who have gotten to this place. And if you don't know what this is, what's your immediate thought? Like you feel guilty. Yeah. I'm a terrible parent. What kind of parent? Ooh, yeah. Especially it's likely true that we're all terrible parents. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's just own it. Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, Cork, I'm batting a thousand. <laughs> I like it. Well, I think that's true because so many parents, they don't want to talk about this. Like there's, yeah. there's certain things I think in parenting that, that have like a stigma that you're like, I'm not going to talk to anybody else about this because it makes me look like a bad parent mm. or nobody else is going through this. It has to be my own stuff. And so I've got to figure it out. Like, and so there's certain areas. And I think this is one of them. Like when you get to that place where you don't really like your kid, I mean, that's, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be, we have an episode and it's like how to, I can't remember the title of it now. It's but basically so like when, when you, you don't, don't like, like your kid, kids, like, what do you do? You know? And it was our most downloaded episode because all of a sudden I think people were like, Oh, wait, other people don't like their kids? I thought it was just me. Like, I, I mean, I love them, but I don't really like being around them, and I can't handle it. This started with a blog post that Lisa wrote, like, 
almost 11 years ago now mm. where she used to do these Tuesday topics. This was like pre Facebook groups and right. where we actually used to like build community in the comments of blogs. Mm. And the Tuesday topic was something that a reader had written in. And basically the gist of the question was what if I don't like my child? Yeah. And all these years later, it remained the most read post. Yeah. Because I think people resonate when they hear that somebody else is struggling with the same thing they're struggling with. And they go, okay, I'm not alone, which yeah. means there must be a reason this is happening that's not about me necessarily, or that's not um, only me. You know, it's kind of like when people are suffering with like depression or anxiety, you know, and they, when they realize there are other people that are struggling with that, they go, oh, there are other people. Like, it's I'm not, not crazy. It's not yeah. just me. And once you can can not isolate on yourself and think it's just yourself, then you can get help for whatever it is. Like you can find solutions. You can look to, okay, there is a way out of this solution. You know, there's a solution for this or there's a way out. And I think it's particularly complicated in the adoption world. Like I'm just thinking about our story. Our first adoption was a little boy born in Korea, and we rallied our entire community mm -hmm. around yeah. us to bring this little boy home. So people, you know, granted us money and yeah. threw parties and listened to me whine about how long it was taking. <laughs> and then he came home, and then I got to a point where I was like, I don't, like, who do you, at that point, who do you tell that you might not like this kid? Like right. all those people who like mm -hmm. listen to you whine for a year that he wasn't coming home or mm -hmm. your social worker, like Perhaps probably the people not. who gifted you some money, maybe they'd want to hear it. Yeah. 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 Well, because everybody thinks if I chose this, then I, it's going to go great and wonderful. And you know, then when it doesn't, you're like, eh. well, and also he's super charming in public. And so everyone yeah. was like, he's so cute. I would take him home. And I was thinking. He's not like this at all. <laughs> and then she was thinking, okay. I've <laughs> <laughs> had it, friends. Okay, so, so let's what, try what, it for 24 hours and let's talk again. What, what I like about this conversation and I hope that the book does is, is have people feel normal about this conversation. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, when we think about in certain situations where you've, you have, don't have an empathetic response for a child, right? You'd be thinking in terms of, well, there's something that tri triggered or, or whatever. But, but this says, well, no, it's because of the general state of things that that's kind of now your default response. Like, because if, if you've ever seen, um, you know, we, we've told the story before about a, a young mom in her 20s who, who her child was, was crying and she literally was like, without looking up from her phone, just like patted the kid on the shoulder three times. It was always it was such an odd, it was an odd thing to see, but she had no capacity at all to provide any kind of nurturing care for her kid. And, and like that's five, six years ago now. And, yeah. and like I can see that mm. moment like it just is happening in front of me right now. Yeah. Because I think it's what we need to do is, you know, there's a lot of things that are stigmatized, therapy stigmatized, you know, all of it. But what if we just had conversations that said it's okay to not be okay for now? Right, and I was like, it's okay to not be okay, roll the credits. That's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is to recognize where you are because I think that if we don't know where we are, we can't make progress to where we're going. And I think that's a, a big part of it for a lot of parents is that because we're so caught up in the day-to-day -day of 
uh, of our own responsibilities, and then, as Melissa said, the executive parenting that, that we do, we don't necessarily have the time to figure out where we are, and it's something we need to make the time for. Because in the long run, it's going to lead to healthier relationships. Well, what's what's that exercise we've done with, with people before when we do parenting workshops with the instrumental needs versus the nurturing needs? Is that is that did you have them fill out Nick's needs or whatever it's called? Yeah. So Cindy Lee has this um, has this Nick's needs that she goes yeah. through, and so um, I don't necessarily do the full activity, but it, it kind of just just looking at if you've got somebody who. Um, like if you if you look at somebody who doesn't understand like the nurturing care aspect, maybe they didn't receive the nurturing care aspect and you ask them about different like what does what does a kid need when they go to um, you know their first uh, soccer game? And so you know people who are just looking at their instrumental needs will say things like, well, they need you know cleats and they need a soccer ball and they need a bottle of water and they need this. And those that are looking at more of their whole nurturing care needs, they need a cheering section in the, you know, to cheer them on. They need somebody to be there, you know, and say it's okay if they, you know, miss a goal or whatever. And so, like, if you've got to look at the bigger picture, and a lot of people can look at those instrumental needs very easily, but especially when you're dealing with blocked care, that's almost all you can do. Like, I, I feel like I look back at times when I think I was struggling with that. Um, with different kids, sometimes it was with all of my kids in general because it wasn't. How about with your husband? <clears throat> maybe, oh. maybe even that too. You know, I don't have an example. I was just just wondering. No, I just mean like process. in times of because, like you said, it can be times of stress. Like, you know, we've gone through job loss. We've gone through you know big struggles that maybe didn't have to do with the kids in particular. Mm-hmm. With big losses, I mean, I lost three of my fi- my four grandparents in like a five year period of time, right? And so. All, and I was pretty close to all, all of the, them. All those hospitalizations with the kids. Hospitalizations. Mm-hmm. We had a year where it was like tons of hot. And it was like at some point you just run out of like ability to care for anything beyond, you know. And I feel like that's kind of where I was in some of those points. So, yeah. What are like what are some ways like we recognize it? Like what would you, do you have any like, I know in the book you talk about like some ways, some specific questions to ask, but. Would Are you like there to cues? Hear the official ten signs of uh, yes, care? absolutely. I wasn't sure if you wanted to share all of them. I'm happy to. I had to pull, I had to pull them up because I have not memorized them. So you gave, <laughs> oh, no. gave me just enough time to to get them up. But okay, so you can stop me at any time and chime in if maybe one of these sounds. I can do it like Letter- Letterman's old top ten. Number ten. <laughs> Number ten. <laughs> Okay. Number one, you are caught up in coping with your child's behavior and lose curiosity about the meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You feel defensive and guard yourself from rejection. You feel burned out, chronically overwhelmed, and fatigued. You feel resentment toward one or more of your children or your situation as a whole. You may even regret adopting or fostering. You feel irritable with other family and friends. I'll stop here too and say you don't need all ten of these to be in blocked care. Like hey, I'm four out of five so far. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else want to be honest? Yeah. I'm like I'm keeping score over here. Well, I, I, I think I've been. Score. I've had all ten at some point in time, and maybe there are times when I've had. I'm currently four out of five. Yeah, I'm currently four out of five. But if you're thinking like, oh, well, I don't have that one. This disqualifies me. Like it's it's not like you have to bat ten for ten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I would say like the majority, or if like if you're crying by this point. 
then you may also. This is like Ryan just needs one more to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you isolate yourself. You become cynical about helpful ideas. You feel that you have lost compassion, which leads to shame. You experience a crisis of faith or challenge of a personal belief system. And number 10, you do not feel real pleasure in parenting. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'm up to five. Like the second half of your list was kinder to me than the first <laughs> half was. Probably like seven or eight out of 10. It's seven or eight? You weren't keeping I score. I wasn't keeping score, but I, I could say that I... We'll I post have... Kayla's score on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and uh, favorite place to give be. my... Uh, Kayla's like, I'm Kayla North. My block care score is seven. <laughs> my A score is four. It's like an A score, right? I was like, is this like, just start putting it alongside your well, A score. We're going to start block care from, anonymous chapters. I'm, I'm from San Angelo, Texas, and I like long romantic walks on the beach. <laughs> Hi, Kayla. Hey, everyone. This is Dallas, and I wanted to share with you how you can become a supporter of the podcast. Becoming a supporter is a financial way to help the podcast, but also get some great extras to go along with it. We have tiers starting at $5, but you can pledge for as little as a dollar a month as a way to say thank you. Anything is greatly appreciated. To learn more, visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com and click on the supporter link. All right, back to the podcast. No, I wasn't keeping score, but as you read each one of those, I can I can think of a period of time where mm, I it was real, yeah. felt... Yeah all of those things. Um, like you said, maybe not all at once, but where I have been at a place where each of those things was like, oh yeah, that was that was for real. I, I remember that. And oftentimes more than one at a time. And it's it's hard because I've only ever wanted to be a mom my like whole life. You know what I mean? And so I remember talking to a mom one time and she was like, I was really patient until I became a mom. And now I, I didn't yell at my until kids. I became an adoptive mom. Yeah. It's like, I was really patient until I was born. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, if you've only, if like, I literally, like, I, we teased that I went to college to get my MRS degree because I had to get married so that I could, like, become a mom, right? Like, I wanted to, I wanted to have kids and I wanted to have a family. And so it was like, so then to, to go into that and be like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, you know, or I'm not getting that reciprocal back and forth, give and take. Like Imagine I'm being me in this giving. situation. She's like, she went to college, get an MRS degree. And she goes, I like your accent. Maybe if we have children together, they'll sound that way. <laughs> it's not the way accents uh, up, work, Kayla. I know, right? They work. I know. I, I found that out. right now. I thought she married me because she loved me. Now she's like, I just uh, want the kids to sound like that. No. I did marry you because I love you. Oh, thank you, Pappy. And but I have a recording of that. You have a recording. That's just, right. It's it's exactly. Shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, he does that often. He's like leads me to say the right thing so he can snip it and be like, "See, I got this Let's one." See, this can be my my uh, my text Your when he texts me. I love, I love you. you. I love, love you. you. Should I say it a few more times just so you can get a oh, good clear? No, these tracks crisp. isolated. Yours is clear and crisp. Oh, perfect. <laughs> But I think that was the that was probably the hardest point is when I when I had a kid that didn't reciprocate. Mm. Like there was this I was give, 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 giving and I wasn't not that I had kids to give me love, but you know, you feel like like you want that give and take. You want them to We're to, not even picky. We're like Ma like Maslow's 
not um it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs and yeah. Pavlov's dogs. Yes. Pavlov's you, dogs. you tried to combine the two of those. Yeah. Like, pa- like they didn't even Maslow's need dogs. to get a treat every time the bell rang. Like right. just every like 10th time. That's right. <laughs> like, like every so often, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I can. While we're invoking old things, maybe it's the Pareto principle. 20% of the time you yeah. get affection back. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly, hey, it's I, like, I'm and that makes you feel a, 80% of the love. That's right. right. I, I'm thrilled when I get a, excuse me, after a burp that, you know, was unprompted <laughs> by I'm, your I'm, parents looking at you I'm thrilled. <laughs> for the manner to kick in. Like, oh my gosh, they are listening at some point, right? Yeah, like, Melissa and Kayla want, like, like hugs and flowers. I just want somebody to notice I got back home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he says that. Okay, when he walks uh, in the front door, does. not everybody okay. does. Yeah, when he walks in the front door, it is like, Daddy! And all the little girls come running towards the front door to give him like 900 hugs and kisses. Now, the boys don't even look up from their devices. They just, you know. uh, I'm waiting for you to say it's because he sounds that way. No. (laughs) They just adore him. And so the minute they walk in. When you walk in the door, I walk in the door and (laughs) they're like, oh, hi, mom. Like, really? So, See, so this is why having a dog is a great thing. Therapy right here. Our dog knows the sound of the garage door opening, oh, yeah. and she'll be sitting there waiting oh, for yeah. us when we come she in. She has a dog like that. It is so pathetic. As a matter of so fact, she... when I got home this evening, our oldest was like, will you just please, when y'all go record, take the dog with you? He has been whining for you since you've been gone. And I was like, oh. oh. I was like, I would take him, but like he might Not be so. a wreck. He might be a mech. A wrecking ball up here. So I say wrecking ball and mess, and they all just yeah. I don't yeah jumbled. Yeah, they would not be good. No. Uh, when we do the green room with you, Melissa, I'm going to tell you the story of our best man speech at our wedding, <laughs> and maybe the because I sound this way, we'll have some context for you. Okay. And there's Can't a plug wait. for becoming a Patreon sub- subscriber, is you get access to that story. <laughs> but we'll let Dallas handle that later on. Have you heard the new mid roll stuff, Dallas? I have on? not heard it yet. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. It's got like. But our listeners will be listening to it probably before I do. So That's right. They'll have already heard it three times. <laughs> they will have already heard it. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, my goodness. What else do we want to cover in this one? Because time's running short. And because we're going to do, well, you know, because Melissa does live four, five, four hours by air from us. So it's not yeah. like we have the privilege of, of having her down here a lot. So yeah. is there anything else you guys want to cover before we hopped into the next one? Well, I don't know. I think we, we pretty much covered kind is of there anything else like the signs to be aware of. Um, I think that's probably step one right there in in uh, trying to overcome it is recognizing yeah. um, those those signs. It's so, like recovery, right? You have to recognize that there's a problem before you can right, work, exactly. work on the issue. Name it to tame it, Dan yeah. Siegel. Yeah. Well, and I think the fact that there's knowing that there's hope in if you know what it is, then you can kind of go okay, there's there's a solution. Like, people have walked this road before me and they've come out the other side, yeah. you know, and they've done this. So now what's the next step, right? So I think that's what we're doing in the next episode. But is there anything else like well, that? Be, before you get there, though, I, 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 you triggered something in my head here. Uh, our oldest and I went to a leadership conference at our church a few weeks ago. Um, our senior pastor does not have a doctorate in theology. He has a doctorate of strategic organizational leadership. And so on the outside of the building, it says a, a church where no one work, walks alone, but inside it says we develop leaders, right? And so um, I, I think I forget who the speaker was. I think it was maybe Van Moody. And he said that um, 
he was it wasn't Van Moody, I forget the guy it was, but he was in an airplane and he said in the seat next to him was a pilot who was, you know, deadheading or whatever they call it, you got to San Francisco. He's flying from, from, from Houston to, to San Francisco and this pilot was picking up his flight in San Francisco. And he said, um, there was an announcement, the plane started to shaking a little bit. And there was an announcement and the pilot said, hey, we're going to have the flight crew sit down and, 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 and you know, suspend drink service for a while. We've got some really heavy, heavy headwinds right now. Uh, and for about the next 20 minutes or so, the flight's going to be rough. And so the guy says, he says, looks at the pilot and says, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bug you. <laughs> but how does he know it's only going to last for 20 minutes? Which is a good question. Because federal aviation <coughs> rules require you, if you encounter turbulence in air, to radio air traffic control, who then reported to the other pilots. So you know that it's coming, you know how long it's going to last, you know how bad it's going to be. Mm. Right? And so that's, that's, that's a civil aviation rule, is that you have to report anything you encounter in the air. So the pilot explains it to the guy, and he said, that's when it hit me. I, he said, my anxiety dropped about the turbulence, because I already know a whole other airplane made it through to the other side. Mm. Right, and so that's why I think we have to talk about these things, particularly while you're in progress. And if you do make some progress and get to the other side, it's like you're telling people, look, it's turbulent. It's been turbulent for 20 minutes, but I'm telling you, the plane ain't going to crash because I'm telling you from a plane that's already flown through the storm that you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And I think we think we need to think about people that way in, in, in communal ways because um, – like, we don't sit around here and talk, talk about these things just for giggles. Like, we talk about these things, A, because it's therapeutic for us. <laughs> B, because we hope it'll help somebody get into sit and listen to the conversation. Um, because we don't know everything about parenting. We don't. Yeah. But we will share everything we've learned about parenting yep. along the way, which is what I think is real value to people. At least I hope it is. Yeah. Don't no, email me. E- email Chris Turner if it's not a value to you. I don't know if I can read it. <laughs> well, I see Chris and he just shakes his head from side to side. Hey, the only email address they get is info at onebighappyhome.com. So we'll for- to Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll forward that to you. <laughs> yeah, if we, get, if we get listener questions, he just forwards them to me. <laughs> He's like, will you answer this? So if you don't get an answer, it's hey, we all, we, forwarded we, it to we, me. We all play our roles. On That's this right. <laughs> I, I drag the two of you by your ears into this table to record. So, That's true. So, yeah. so before we kind of jump to, you know, the next step, uh, to, to the next episode, uh, we did want to mention, again, uh, Melissa does have a book coming out uh, with Lisa Qualls. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Melissa, the, the title is going to be Reclaim Compassion, The Adoptive Parent's Guide to Overcoming Blocked Care with Neuroscience and Faith. Sounds right to me. Okay. <laughs> and we're recording this uh, mid-February, and the book should be out end of this month, first part of March. So depending on when you're listening to this episode. Um, I'm making a commitment. It will be published by the end of February. Oh, my Woo-hoo. gosh. I'm texting Lisa Qualls right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cor- Melissa just called her. Called her shot. She actually pointed to the stand. And they hit the home run. She's like, I'm telling you, this and, is when it's coming out. You know, then Amazon, where else could our, our listeners find the, the book? So you can get more information at reclaimcompassion.com. Yep. It will be available on Amazon the soonest. And our goal is to have it available wherever books are sold. That might take a couple of A little of longer. Weeks. <laughs> yeah. It might take a little longer, but Amazon will be the first launching place. I'll send it to your house. 
immediately if you read it digitally or tomorrow if you buy one an actual book. There you go. Love it. Awesome. Well, hang in there uh, with us, listeners. Tune in for our next episode. We're going to talk about how to overcome blocked care. And as always, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you have any questions, you can always email us at info at onebighappyhome.com. You can find us on your favorite social media platform. Just search One Big Happy Home. And please share this podcast with your friends and family. And if you're a supporter of the podcast, be sure to listen to our next episode with Melissa. At the end of that one, we'll have an extra green room episode only for our supporters. And if you'd like to become a supporter, visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com and click on the supporter link. Thanks for listening.